Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we bring you the best guests in all of true crime. What's up, SCS Nation, and welcome to another episode of Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that promises to bring you the very best guests in all of true crime. And every Friday, Great Scott, to true crime Phil, a show so good, it happens every Friday, I hope. Scott Duffy's becoming a very busy man, so we're going to figure all this out. But uh, the professor, you'll notice he's uh, he's working on his Ph.D. dissertation. Um, <laughs> I told him to continue through the show as long as he is listening. Uh, one week it is a Ferrari purchase. The next week it's the other uh, best guest who is uh, the professor. And so he is always working. He's always pre- uh, in a professorial mode. Um, Phil Waters, you teach, though, as well around the world, don't you? Uh, You teach um, how to get someone to confess, correct? I have, yes. Mm. And uh, Scott Duffy, uh, if I may ask without being too intrusive, uh, I see you diligently working. Can you tell us what you're working on? You know, I'm always trying to advance the ball in teaching. So every, you know, thoughts, but I'm, I'm working on a couple of different curriculums for um, police officers and uh, was was teaching yesterday to all the wonderful any any Delco people out there hats off to you so um, had a nice full class for an interview interrogation day for all uh, quite a few detectives from Delaware County so hats off to Delco people oh Delco is Delaware County okay Delaware County also like isn't Delco a company like a battery company or it's not Duracell but I think there's a Delco yeah I think you're right yeah yeah um Scott just gave me a mini heart attack which I can't keep to myself but uh He's getting busy, so if uh, we'll, we'll figure something out, we'll Fridays something. can become problematic for Scott Duffy, but uh, you will con- continue to see his handsome face one way or another. Somehow, I will not let Scott Duffy um, out of my grasp too far. Um, we're going to get into the show in just a minute, but first, uh, I just want to let everyone know I would like um, a little bit of empathy. Uh, last week, I was dragged to a, it was two weeks ago, I was dragged to a party, and then I found out I had covid and the flu simultaneously well i get another bombshell dropped on me this week uh phil waters and scott duffy it is my middle daughter's eighth birthday and months ago the coe planned a mommy daughter and 20 other mothers uh so they can go out it's an excuse to drink and party but they're going to a little place called disney world uh not far from miami And so uh, the moral of the story is I am going to be left behind to, as I say, babysit my other two children. How dare she? So they're leaving Saturday morning, and she's not coming back till Monday. So that leaves yours truly with my youngest and my oldest. And how dare I have to actually parent Scott Duffy? Have you ever been caught in this situation, a similar situation where you actually had a parent? It, it, I pro, yeah, I, I I'm trying to think at the top of my head if I had a couple of days, right? Probably. So this is a real, this is a real so. father here. This is a real father. Um, my father, may he rest in peace. And I love the guy. Um, different generation. He went to work, and he 
very rarely would uh, be able to get to a, a school program, a tennis match, very rare. Bill Waters, you were a very busy man as your kids were being raised. You were undercover narcotics. You were a homicide detective. Would you attend, let's say, your son's high school baseball game or basketball game? Would you make it a point? Oh, yes. You did. And whatever my daughters were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So you so you were a very present father. Yes, certainly tried mm. to be. Uh, and what if there was a homicide? What if someone, uh, God forbid, was shot and killed and you were called out and there was a basketball game? What would you do? I'd have to leave. You'd have to leave. And would your kids understand that? Oh, sure. Mm. By the way, Sarah's asking, Scott, are you saying Scott has fathered children he is unaware of? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, no. Ori Vinson says it is not babysitting yeah. Joel and she deserves a break from you. So um, to put a wrench in all this, Scott, you have to know uh, what is Sunday? What is this Sunday, Scott? It's a national holiday, not Monday, but Sunday is a national holiday. Do you know what it is? It, I do. It's if, 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 are the Eagles playing? Uh, the Eagles are out of it, but it is the Super Bowl. <laughs> so on top of having at my own children, I've got to do it during the Super Bowl. So I was already invited. A couple of dads were like, you can bring your kids over and we'll just collectively ignore them. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. Um, but I just want everyone to know the plight that I'm dealing with here. And uh, tomorrow, I promise, um, look at Turquoise Kitten. Love how uh, the dads have to babysit. Yes. Um, Helen says, Joel, it is not babysitting. When you, I knew this would be controversial, yeah. but mm -hmm. you opened it. Uh, there's let me let me get uh, Phil and Scott's advice on this. So there's two possibilities for tomorrow's daddy two kids trip. Uh, one is boomers, which is in Boca Raton, and it is like go karts, batting cages, bumper cars, arcade games. That's one choice, um, Scott and Phil. The other choice. <clears throat> take them to the Everglades and we go on like a swamp boat and try to see real alligators. And there's a potential of, uh, there's a potential, she says, don't share locations. There's a potential of getting eaten by uh, an alligator. Uh, Phil Waters, would you recommend um, the bumper cars and arcade type thing? Or would you recommend the alligator trip uh, on a swamp boat in the Everglades? And I have no idea why I chose those two. I'm, I'm open to other suggestions. I would probably be more prone to the alligator trip in the swamp boat. I thought Phil would say that. Scott Duffy, <laughs> what would you prefer? Alligators or bumper cars? Oh, yeah. There's nothing like a bumper car. You know, they, uh, especially when you get the one that's just a little bit faster than all the other slow ones and you just get to ram people. Mm. Scott Duffy. Uh, when you would have these rare moments when your wife, uh, the school nurse, was not around and you would have your children to yourself, would you say, I am the luckiest man alive? I've got these beautiful children. Or would you say, wow, if my wife was here, I could be at uh, AutoZone buying a new uh, car filter <laughs> and it's <laughs> getting in the way that. of everything? Yeah. Huh? No, I, I wouldn't be at AutoZone. But the... The, uh, they, they were rare, but I, I did enjoy them, you know, and at one point, you know, as mine are very close in age. So at mm -hmm. one point, um, 
you know, having, having four under five, it was a handful. But um, when you have four, you put them together. It's amazing how they can entertain each other. That's true. Uh, look at this. Joel talks too much sometimes. This is true. Um, Christina Jones says parenting is a 50-50 responsibility. You're not babysitting. Um, S.L. Conley says I worry for his kids. That's probably – don't go calling CPL. By the way, this is a horrible story we're doing today. Probably not a good segue. Um, Joel said he was live 10 minutes ago. Okay. Anyway, um, I'll let you know. Abby says, let's all pray for poor Joel. Uh, please do. Um, could use all the help. But I think uh, I think we'll have a good time. I might even post photos on uh, at surviving uh, the survivor uh, of my experience. Oh, by the way, Phil and Scott, before we get into the news of the day, I posted this yesterday, but you guys are not the most social media savvy guys. But um, Phil Waters, did you know that iguanas can stay underwater for prolonged periods of time? Did you know that, Phil Waters? Iguanas? Iguanas, yes. I did not know that, but that's probably on my uh, my top ten list of things I care nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you something. Let me tell you a quick story. And uh, I have – Bugs, can you pull up that video? Actually, I'm going to send you this video, Bugs, um, and we'll try to get it in uh, today. Uh, I'm going to do this simultaneously. So, Phil, the reason I bring this up is I walked outside yesterday and I have a – little pool in the backyard and uh, lo and behold i noticed ethel pacing i'm like what is going on ethel was really pacing and going crazy and uh, i look into the pool and there's not one but there are two iguanas at the bottom of my pool they swim in the pool i knew that they went in water they're lightning fast in there too but ethel who is a water dog had enough and decided to dive into the pool um, and it was amazing to watch because the iguanas remained very calm. They went to the very bottom because they knew instinctively, I think, that Ethel couldn't dive. And so they just, just hovered at the bottom. Ethel stuck her head down there. And after she knew she couldn't get to them, she came out. It's amazing. I have video and we'll play it. But I am talking too much now. So let me introduce the show and this is uh this is a well, I do today. I do like to learn something new every day so that qualified. Thank you Phil. There you go. Now you can tell all your friends in the Ferrari club that iguanas can stay underwater for many many minutes if not hours at a time. Uh Nightwood says reptiles are cool. They're really freaky but they are cool. Um periodically you will see one uh splattered on the road which I hate but it's like roadkill. There's so many iguanas and uh, it is not a pleasant sight. Um, you know what? Since we're here, let's just do it right now. Watch this, guys. Here is a problem you will only encounter in Miami. Ethel the boxer and then one iguana, two iguana underneath the pool water. Oh, my. Oh, boy. And Ethel is going in. This is going to be... Something that we have, I've never seen this before. This is happening live on our cell phone. One iguana going one way. The other iguana appears to be paralyzed in this corner, not moving. The other one coming this way. Will Ethel be attacked by iguanas? Only in Miami would this ever happen. Ethel dove in unexpectedly live while filming this. Unbelievable action here. Unbelievable action. The two iguanas 
not moving. They realize that the dog, Ethel, cannot get to the bottom of the pool. Ethel, will you attempt to get back in there? Will you attempt to get back in there, Ethel? <laughs> the Battle of the Iguanas in Miami continues live here from Miami Beach. Look at these guys. Look at the cojones on them. Unbelievable. What action. You going back in, Ethel? Phil, your reaction. That's all I can ask. It's an open-ended question. Your reaction, Phil. Oh, I, I, I love uh, Ethel's attempt to eradicate the iguanas from the pool. But, of course, does not have the capabilities to do that. So, yeah, that's quite entertaining. I mean, you know, truth is stranger than fiction, you know? I mean, that was that was real stuff going on there. Scott Duffy, your reaction to seeing that? The two iguanas. Yeah, oh, you thought I, I was. Um, you thought I was making it up, Scott. I bet. I bet you thought I was making. So, it up. so are iguanas there like squirrels are here? Are they just all yes. over the place? Mm-hmm. Everywhere, everywhere. It's a problem. Um, I look at this, Joel. I could be a sports announcer of iguana of the iguana race. Um, Luann Pafford says uh, the NFL is calling. Um, Yeah. To answer your question, Scott, I was going to say something that people won't like, but I do have some friends who have like BB guns because they get so annoyed with the iguana. I would never do that. I love all animals would never, ever, ever do. I would actually have a pet iguana if I could, but uh, they are, uh, they're all over. There's like iguana pet removal people here in Miami. Yes. So they are everywhere. Have, have Uh, they ever gotten into the house? That's my wife's absolute biggest fear. Um, I am not T pain. I would never go into that pool. Um, so another thing about Ethel, she's very dexterous. Boxers are amazing with their paws. And so she can open doors. So periodically we will come home and the door will be wide open. And, uh, the COE has a morbid fear of cockroaches. There are cockroaches in Miami, no matter how clean you keep things, uh, cockroaches will get in and she's terrified of cockroaches. She's trained my four and a half year old son to kill them and get rid of them. But her absolute biggest fear and one of uh, the greatest experiences and joys I could ever have is walking in to see my wife's expression with an iguana in the home. It would absolutely be unbelievable. So if that ever happens, you can guarantee I will get video of it. Um, They're relatively harmless. Yeah, they are. Why would you just Um, arbitrarily kill them? Because people are idiots, uh, and they don't, you know, what they do, they poop on your lawn. Um, oh no, like it. can't have yeah. that, yeah, in their natural and they're environment. Like, oh, yeah, can't have that, yeah. They're uh, they're little pellets, and people get annoyed. I love them, I think they're super cool, and like they move slowly. So, anyway, let's get to uh, some true crime here since this is a true crime show, and this is a really disturbing, horrific horrible story so it's going to be a rough transition here but uh the prosecution uh presented some gruesome details thursday during opening statements in the murder trial of adam montgomery he's accused of killing his five-year-old daughter harmony in new hampshire and then sickly moving her body from place to place for months at a time uh his daughter harmony cute little girl she disappeared in 2019, but police didn't know she was missing until two years later. Uh, her body's never been found. This is uh, Harmony Montgomery. Uh, Phil Waters, since you are the veteran homicide detective, uh, you've seen it all, um, but is there a special place in hell 
for this guy um, who, oh, that's not it. That's something I'm going to show you later. Sorry, that was my bad. That's something I want to get your take on. But is there a special place in hell for a person that kills his own daughter? And then we'll get into some of the details. Well, I think there is. You know, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, one of the seven things that God hates is our hands that shed innocent blood. This guy is a monster, and what he did is an act of evil. And for those of you that want to try to equivocate on mental health issues, look, the reality is there's good and evil in the world. This guy committed an act of evil. And then to further that by moving around, moving the body around, and I believe I read correctly that he... Did he beat her because they were living in their car at the time, and she apparently had a an accident in the back seat, and that resulted in his uh, beating her to death. So uh, this is the guy that I was just talking about this case on court TV the other day, and this is the guy that walks into the courtroom with a big grin on his face. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And by the way, uh, Phil Waters, he is declined. I never even knew this was, uh, I guess, in different jurisdictions. He's declined to attend his own trial. He's not there. Um, cowardly act, Phil Waters. You're talking about not showing up or? or yeah, 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 yeah. Good. He's not in court. He's decided not to attend his own trial. I'm, I'm. After his little performance there, grinning, walking in during jury selection, I would imagine his defense attorneys told him, you know, you're an idiot. We're not going to trot you out there again until we're in the midst of all of this. So uh, I, I would not be surprised if he doesn't show up. I mean, he has been in court, um, but they're probably wanting to let that moment die down a little bit. But uh, he's... I mean, just what he did, he's obviously a coward. He's not a man. He's he's a, you know, evil piece of crap is what he is. Scott Duffy, uh, Ida, who's an attorney, because it says J.D. after her name, says allegedly, allegedly killed yeah. his daughter. Now, mm -hmm. um, look, this is why we have trials. Uh, meanwhile, Colleen says he's an absolute monster. I tend to uh, lean towards Colleen's side, but I see Ida's point here where the process of the law has to uh take its course um just some background scott and then i want to get your take on this he's accused like i said of killing his five-year-old daughter it happened in new hampshire and then he moved uh according to investigators the people like yourself and phil waters according to you guys who investigate actually investigated this case said he was moving the body from place to place she disappeared in 2019 but police did not know she was actually gone or missing till two years later so she goes dis missing in 2019 not discovered missing for two years the body's never found um this is problematic scott duffy how in the world could a little girl five years old disappear and no one really knows it for two years later um i have an idea because there was drugs involved and she was being bounced around to different facilities but are you Again, I must ask this question this week. Are you? Does this shock you that it went two years without people realizing that she was gone? It, yeah, and, uh, and no, it doesn't. Only because you know they, these things do happen, and and 
so look at, especially if uh, they're transient and it, it, it seems like, hey, if you're moving from community to community, she's five years old as opposed to she's she's in school. So I don't, has she yet reached a kindergarten or some sort of um, regular school attendance. So that's, that's a, that's a piece that if she hasn't, then you're not really on the radar and a family is really not part of the equation here. Who is there to, to notify police? And this is, this is a big world. So it's uh, very easy to get lost. And, um, and so to hide your crimes and, uh, and move about. No, it's, um, it doesn't shock me. Um, but that's Yeah. Yet again, I cannot shock Scott Duffy as much as I try. Uh, you look at this little girl, absolutely adorable. Um, you know, little glasses, uh, slipping off, uh, the bridge of her nose. Miss Wheelassie says, uh, he is a psychopath. I think that's at the very least is what he is. Um, the charges, uh, the most serious charge that Adam Montgomery faces is second-degree murder. He's also accused of uh, assault and witness tampering, and he made some concessions that I'm going to get to in a moment. But uh, according, again, to investigators, um, she had, uh, the day of the murder, she had a bathroom <clears throat> accident, and Phil, um, he basically was driving and was beating on her um, while she was driving, uh, they say that she was killed on December 7th, 2019. Uh, but the defense says it happened the night before. And now what the defense is doing, they're saying, no, it's not Adam Montgomery. It is his estranged wife, Kayla Montgomery. Uh, Phil, is this just a defense tactic? Um, how do we really know? Because they're both drug addicts they were both abusers neither uh well i should say kayla is not the biological mother but adam is the biological father uh the entire defense here is going to be that it, it's his estranged wife kayla montgomery the non-biological mother uh why would the jury not believe that i guess phil well i believe the prosecution is is using uh her as a witness in the prosecution yes she is the uh she is the key state witness here, yes. And, of course, of course, the second degree, I'm not sure. Of course, the laws are different, obviously, in Texas, given her age. I'm not sure this wouldn't have been uh, capital. But um, uh, she, um, you know, they've obviously, they're going to make a deal with the witness or her testimony. And sometimes, look, I, there was a, I mean, and people kind of sort of will question that because if she was there when this happened and we presume that she was, that she's as guilty of murder by omission as he is by committing the act. So, um, she didn't do anything to intercede, and so she's just as guilty in terms of being there. And they're going to sometimes, you know, uh, there's a, a DA that I've uh, 
greatly respected that was in Harris County when I was working and we had a trial that the witnesses were similar to this, where they were just as, as bad as the defendant in terms of their character and what they had done or not done. And his comment was, when you have the devil for the, for a defendant, you got to go to hell to get your witnesses. Mm. And he's right. And this is one of those cases. So, um, yeah, this is just a, it's, he's got the little teardrop thing on his eye up here. And, you know, that's significant in the sense that when you see that it is presumably meant to indicate that you have sometimes in the course of your life, you've killed someone. Mm -hmm. Now, my curiosity about that teardrop is, is when was he, when did he put it on? Did he have it on before he murdered? That's actually given me the, uh, I have no idea the answer to that. If anyone, or, in or did, he, did he put it on there after he did it? So, um, these the little curiosities that I have when I see people like this. So he's, uh, yeah, I mean, there's it, there's not enough that can be said about the, well, the well, Phil, C, CJ yeah. has a question for you, uh, Phil. Phil, did people who hurt kids in your career make you the angriest? Uh, well, <clears throat> I think I've talked about this before. I mean, the short answer is yes. Uh, if it's involving children, if it's involving a, in the sense of what I would observe as a truly, a, a true innocent victim, and this person by their own act of evil has decided to deprive them of a life and a future. So, yes, I mean, to, to answer that specific question, there's just a... Um, this is a this is a sense of anger that is certainly justified. Uh, shout out to Dwayne Harris in Detroit, very generous guy, uh, friend of the show, donating a super sticker here. Uh, Scott Duffy, um, by the way, someone pointed out he also has uh, Jody pointed out he has a clown tattoo, uh, so he's got the teardrop and a clown tattoo uh, on his uh, neck. But uh, Scott Duffy, this is a uh, quote from Prosecutor Christopher Knowles from the state about Harmony Montgomery. She was a daughter. She was a sister. She was a Minnie Mouse fan. She was a fun-loving girl that loved being a big sister. She was just five years old when rheumatoid arthritis defendant brutally murdered her. That has to be a uh, that has to be an autocorrect. That is not right, COE. But it was just. People are asking me. I didn't know what you were talking about, but it was just five years old. That is a weird autocorrect in there. I have no idea what that is about, but you get the idea. Scott Duffy, he has elected. Um, um, he has not been in court. Are you aware of cases where the defendant, um, I remember at one point, Lori Vallow Daybell, she didn't want to hear testimony about her children, so she asked the judge at that time she didn't want to see the testimony that she asked to leave the court the judge said no way but have you seen cases where the defendant especially in a criminal case like this is allowed to just 
not be part of the process? So, uh, personally, no, I have not had in any of my cases, but I've always believed from what I have gathered and it could change, um, location, location, or jurisdiction, that the defendant, the one who is on trial, has that absolute right to cross-examine and be present for everything, and 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 then that same breath not be present. So um, I would imagine it is a total choice. It I, I don't see it as a wise choice, but the um, in that regard, the uh, the choice typically is up to the defendant. Uh, Tara Ellis with a <clears throat> super chat here. He's also, he was also out of Montgomery convicted of attempted murder for shooting someone in the face and did some time and still got custody of her. Um, Scott Duffy, one of the obvious issues that this entire case has brought up is a major, look at this, the COE apologizing. I am sorry, major typo. Uh, she's already uh, got one foot in Disney world, obviously. Um, one of the issues here, Scott Duffy, is uh, child protective services. I mean, there's um, serious issues there. Uh, no one caught this. Uh, I know this is kind of ab- above your pay grade or beyond your pay grade or not part of your pay grade. But what, what do you think could be done to keep a little girl like this from basically going MIA for two years? Is there anything that can be done? I mean, there are things that can be done. It all it it, it would all come down to um, how many complaints are there against her where she is known to a family services. But you know, I guess as we see across the board, this being a horrible, horrifying example of of what can happen, and of all things, to a child, and then go. Um, undetected, how many criminals who are transient, whether it be serial abusers or rapists or, and they, and they move about, um, and just staying under the radar. And once they realize that people are starting to get wind of their, their evil deeds, that they move and, uh, and now they, they claim another community. So in this regard, I, I would like to know, has she ever been uh, a client of, of a family service, child family services to where um, there should have been some checking in or not? There might yeah. have so never Scott, been. Just, just to answer that question from Ms. Trial, I'm glad she put this comment here. Custody of Harmony was returned to her father in February 2019. Uh, once Harmony was returned to her father's care custody, because the mother is also uh a drug addict. Her involvement with the department ended as she no longer lived in Massachusetts. He took her across state lines. So I think that was the issue. He took her from Massachusetts into New Hampshire. And I think that's where she kind of got lost yeah. in uh, in the fray. But does there have to be sort of, um, in your opinion, a uh, like a federal safety net? So that this sort of thing, can't, like if you go from state, it's easy, obviously, to go from Boston or you know Massachusetts to New Hampshire. So does there have to be some sort of uh, safety measure in place to catch that? Yeah, I and yes, there there should be, and I'm not sure if there is. There are across the board in growing numbers of cases. For example, a teacher, a teacher that that teaches a couple of years and then just constantly moves, and uh, the file never follows through, 
And then all of a sudden it's like one after another, you realize, hey, if it could have been called two hospital or two schools ago. And this is similar to nurses, doctors or medical professionals who are involved in uh, uh, suspicious deaths. So there are these these trip wires that are said to, hey, let's uh, you can't just you can't just walk away and your file will be forever sealed that that must uh, go with you. So I would imagine the same here. They're, if, if they're not in place, they absolutely should be in place for the, for the safety of children who are traveling. Now, granted, there are those who travel and uh, uh, are transient by nature of their job. Um, but in this regard, and there, there are unfortunately many cases similar to it that, uh, especially of abuse of children, and, and so thereby you keep jumping communities and um and remaining under the radar and if if a file is closed and that's it um and is not accessible to another uh department in another state or another county um that is a problem absolutely but the these are some of the failures in our in our system both in the criminal justice system and and of course in like this department of uh child and family services uh, Connie says, I do not understand why Harmony didn't get to go with the adoptive family who wanted her just insane. And the foster mother, I think, already testified. Uh, Rachel says, I am a social worker saying this. We need more for CPS and APS. Three hour wait times to report something is so disheartening. At least that's the way it is in California. A lot of the social services in California obviously have some issues. Uh, Phil Waters uh, this stuff uh, gets graphic and very disturbing, but I'm going to barrel through it here. Uh, and this is to a guy who's seen it all. Uh, this is the state now, the prosecutor saying, just as she feared would happen, the defendant smelled what she had done, meaning she had a bathroom accident. And for that, he hit her. He began striking her as as he was driving, holding on to the wheel. He began punching this little girl repeated, re repeatedly, repeatedly for something, something she had no control over. He struck her blow after blow. Uh, this is, to me, the most demented, twisted part. Uh, after beating Harmony, the father, what does he do? He continues driving to Burger King, where he eats his food and did drugs. Phil Waters, I don't want to harp on this, but. Um, if my daughter stubbed her toe at school today, I would be there. I'd be worried. I would, you know, be by her side. How do you have this level of depravity as a human being that, number one, you do this to your own daughter, and the next breath, you're uh, eating a Big Mac, that's McDonald's, whatever the hell, Whopper, and, uh, and doing drugs in the Burger King parking lot? Who is this guy? Well, I think if we're going to categorize him, you know, the difference between, at least in my simple definition, <clears throat> the definition between a sociopath and a psychopath is a sociopath does something that uh, believes they're justified in doing. A psychopath commits an act, uh, a sociopathic act, but enjoys what they're doing. And there's some kind of reward at the end of it. So just my, you know, easy chair analysis of this, I think that in some, he's obviously prone to violence in some form or fashion. 
that seems to be the only way he's able to react to things that he doesn't like. And when uh, his little girl um, did what she did, he did not know how to handle that. And so he did what he did. And then he felt somewhat uh, accomplished in what he had done. So what do you do? You had this little bit of weird perverted enjoyment about what he did because he set her straight. And then he rewards himself by going and getting a whopper and uh, doing some some dope. So, uh, you know, uh, this guy's a psychopath in my view. And again, he's he's in this incident and in his persona, he is he's the face of evil. And so uh, somebody like this. It, it it would be as a homicide cop, he would be an interesting suspect to interview. Yeah, I was going to ask you how you know you always say you approach everything the same way, no real emotion. How could you go into an interview like this uh, in in the same way as every other, Phil? Well, because that's what my purpose was as a homicide cop, and through training my own experience and whatever uh, ability that I've been, I've been given. It was always about, I have to, you, you know, you got to keep your eye on the ball here. Uh, I cannot make this personal. And regardless of what my personal feelings are, it's about justice. And it's about um, trying to bring about some uh, sense of peace for uh, you know, her other family members and other people that care about her. So, you know, you, you just, you've got to suck it up and do the job. If you're not, and I would, I would even suggest that if there, and it didn't happen to me, but if there was a suspect that I felt I could not interview because I couldn't get past what I may have felt about them in a personal way, then I would have recused myself from that interview. I've gotten some, my partner or someone else to do it. I was going to ask you, I mean, you're a very measured, very smart, obviously one of the best homicide detectives ever to do it. But did you have other detectives who were, let's say, kind of hotheads who would not be able to sort of handle themselves uh, in the same manner as you with a, with a defendant, a suspect like this, and who would have basically wanted to beat the crap out of them and gotten a lot more aggressive? Did you see that? Did you see other guys with those types of attitudes. Oh, sure. Mm. Didn't like it when I saw it. Um, if I was a witness to it, at least on the monitor, I would tell them, look, you're going to have to either, somebody else is going to have to go in or you're going to have to discipline yourself to ratchet it back. Cause you're not, you're not, you're not going to achieve the goal here. This is not a platform for you to go in and tell you how much of a piece of crap this person is you're talking to because of what they did. So, uh, yeah, it, it happens. I mean, we see it all the time, don't we, on these uh, mm -hmm. on these shows where we see the interview where the, the interviewer, the detective gets. Speaking of which, I watched that show. I was just going to ask you. I was just going to What do you think? This is American Nightmare where uh, the detectives yeah. were right away 
sort of tunnel vision throwing the uh what do you think of it phil well not that i didn't mean to change the subject here suddenly but uh it did strike me i i tell you it was very interesting and recognize that we're only seeing i think scott mentioned this we're only seeing snapshots right we're only seeing edited parts of a bigger interview I would have liked to have seen the entire interview with Detective Mustard, which I thought, what a name. You know, that's Matt the, Mustard. That's the, the Detective Mustard in the dining room with the candlestick. He did it, you know, that kind of thing. So um if you were if you were his um superior in the homicide department, let's say he was at Houston PD, would you have uh had a talk with him, Phil Waters? I was thinking just now, like you would have been an amazing uh, mentor to these other homicide detectives, but would you have had a word with him? Well, just to correct the term here, I would have never thought of myself as his superior, his mm. supervisor. Okay. Um, I've never thought of myself as being any superior to anyone, but um, be that as it may, I, I would tell you that, well, you know, he got at the end of the show, they, he got like detective of the year or something. Uh, it's about the same point. So back to the interview, though, I, I would tell you that, um, and this is just, I wouldn't have done it the way he did it. I'll put it that way. The setup in the room was never, I would never have set up an interview in that manner. Um, and in watching the portions of the interview that we do see, just based on, and, and I didn't, you know, of course, my wife is sitting there and we're watching this thing. She goes, well, do you think he's lying talking about the, the young man there? And and uh, I will tell you what we could see of him. Um, and Scott, I don't know if you'll disagree or not, but I didn't detect any deception in the story. Correct. And by the Correct. way, we're talking about American Nightmare, which is a documentary on Netflix, which has a uh, very crazy twist at the end. But the detectives basically are convinced that the uh, victim is their suspect. Let's put it that and way. And what I thought was most inappropriate, with all due respect to the FBI, mm. was the mm -hmm. agent who came in there, <laughs> yeah. the polygraph yeah. examiner, who came in there and acted like a total jackass. He did, and he told him he and, failed. And, he then, and then he turns around and he lies to them about the result of the polygraph. Now, later on, I think at the end of the show, it wasn't there. It was, it was, uh, it was undetermined. I mean, there was no, it was, it was, it was a, if it had been in Vegas, it'd been a push. So, uh, and, and, what's that? Inconclusive. Yeah, it was inconclusive. So he, so he, um, but he lies to him and he's, and he's getting in his face and he's doing all that stuff that accomplished absolutely nothing. And I didn't detect any change in his demeanor in the way he told that. I mean, just no, I didn't detect any deception at all. And so the detective who just decides, you know, I don't believe you. I don't think you're telling us the truth. I think you did something. And her name is, is it Denise? Was her name Denise, I think? 
Uh, good question. It's not I Denise. Think, Maybe I it is Denise. Denise. I don't but, know. Someone will let us but, know. And, and then, and then, so they don't. They don't. I know the little guy from the Hayo Police Department, the little lieutenant that jumps up there, and he's the face of the department, and he's he's the parrot that's pretty much saying what the chief's telling him to say. Uh, that was embarrassing. I mean, and then when they get up there and they're, you know, we don't believe them, blah, 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 blah. And then, and then she shows up at her parents' house. Then they interview her. I don't detect any deception there. And then, and then the question is, my mind, you know, in just watching the show as it progressed is what would be the motivation here? I mean, I, I get yeah. one person, you know, there was one woman, I forget where it was, maybe California. By the way, look at this comment. It says you both have to write books. I've been telling you, I just, I put uh, Scott in touch with my publisher. So I'm going to get, Phil needs to write a book too, but uh, here's the name, Phil, Denise. Denise. Yeah, Denise. So, um, you know, we have had some cases, you know, women that have gone out and they fabricated a, a kidnapping and all that crap for attention or whatever they're nut job reasons were but in this case i didn't detect that from these these two individuals telling that story um and it did sound crazy i gotta say that but you know what i mean it was it should have been pursued in the manner in which it was being told not trying to redirect it so they took evidence the direction they wanted it to go yeah and that's and a detective should never do that ever 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 it was so, uh it was an incredible story. Like it didn't seem. Well, it was. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was a of uh, uh, laser sights and uh, putting swimming goggles on her and yeah. and all this craziness and putting her in the trunk of a car and then this and then but, you know. But it but was, then Phil, was, the flip side of that, I think, is that it's hard. Wouldn't it be hard to make that up because it's so outrageous? You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. We we've you know, I mean, people. There were some things about it. I was because uh, my wife and I were just sitting there going, I go, well, that that story's just too crazy. I mean, yeah. it's 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 got to be <laughs> I would have loved it's, to it's, I would have loved I, to have filmed you and your wife watching this. This that could have been a whole STS episode, you and your wife. Well, it was it was it was just very interesting. And uh and then and then and 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 again, so you get detectives now, detective mustard. And everybody, Not they are tunneled. Ketchup. They're they're tunneled on this thing. Yeah, Chief Ketchup and Lieutenant Mayonnaise and <laughs> and uh, Detective Mustard. Um, they're tunneled out. They they do not believe this story. They think they've been used for whatever purpose. Uh, and, and I think the lieutenant gets up there and talks about how they've used resources with the share with the with the police department and blah 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 blah. And good, they go after these these two, and uh, I'm just kind of like, wow, you know, what what a stupid. And then when they depose the chief, I mean, he's, you know, I mean, he he was pitiful. I thought in the deposition, there's no way he can explain his way out of the way they treated those two people. Hard. So, you know, and then when you come out with, because you listen to the story about there's. 
she's in this room and then there's there's like other people there and they're all wearing the and then it turns out it's a bunch of blow-up dolls dressed in black it's crazy i mean it, it's crazy. an incredible freaking story and well the other thing too uh i hate to keep going on and on about this but it was a very it was just really great to watch this show and uh and and watch the way that this investigation was conducted. Now, one of the things that I thought was odd about Detective Mustard that he didn't do was this story was so crazy that there wasn't, and then there, and these same things occurred in about three or four different locations around that area. I mean, even in Tahoe, which is like a hundred and, you know, 115 miles away or whatever. So, I'm just surprised that there wasn't a little bit more digging uh, to call some other agencies. Say, hey, man, we got this crazy thing going on over here. Have you had? Have you run across anything like this? Because that's too weird for it not to have happened, you know, multiple times. So that was kind of. There were just some things about the detective work, about the investigation that I. I thought what really fell short um, in terms of the investigation. Yeah, we uh, we just took a fork in the road here. Uh, we were talking Harmony Montgomery and Adam Montgomery. We'll get back to that in one second. But this is uh, the Netflix documentary, American Nightmare, about a bizarre investigation where the uh, victims appeared like suspects to the uh, police. Uh, Scott Duffy, uh, number one, can a person fail a polygraph test or is it just inconclusive scott no no a person can fail so i think i think and everything evolves it's fail inconclusive pass and um so you know law enforcement steadily uses polygraphs for you know for background investigations and um you have to pass if it isn't if it's inconclusive then you have to return if the uh, the examiner can't uh, do do a uh, follow up um, examination right then and there, if you fail, that's it. But uh, in certain agencies and our agencies, there is an appeal process, and but ultimately, the uh, the examiner, through experience and whatnot, should be able to uh, read whatever they are reading. I'm not a polygrapher examiner, but I've I have some good friends that are are and that um and but they're not going to make a decision they're going to allow a supervisor and a much more experienced individual to review so there is a process for for hey it doesn't look bad it doesn't look great you know is there something i'm missing and um so specific to the uh to the netflix show that was that was um was pretty interesting to watch it was unfortunate and I, I, I've, I've employed ex examiners both on the did, local level and federal level. Did you know him? I did not know him. Either one. There were two of them, of course, the yeah. examiner and then, and then the case agent, but the, uh, but examiners who worked on, so let me say, examiners typically are not case agents. That means lead detectives. And so thereby an examiner comes in, examines what they think, um, and then walk out of the room. They are not there to all of a sudden take over and try to get 
whatever. They will then report to the, the detective and a case agent to say, this is my opinion. You guys uh, can can uh, can take it from there. Um, that's that's typically how it should work. So but yeah, so typically pass, fail and inconclusive. Well, I can tell uh, you my experience with the polygraph. I didn't use it a lot. Uh, number one, it's not admissible. And number two, I only use it as a tool to maybe convince a person I'm talking to that this might bring them closer to talking to me, but um, in telling the truth. But I can tell you, uh, you know, the, your, Joel, you asked the question about can you fail it? Can you pass it? Can you it can be inconclusive? Is what Scott's talked about. I had a case interviewing a guy, I was brought in to interview him. He was the suspect. Um, he matched kind of sort of the descriptors. And long story short, after I got through interviewing him and I played him a video, a tape of a witness who had talked about him. And he looked at me and he said, that's not me they're talking about. He had some similarities, but I said, would you take a polygraph? He said, yes, I will. He goes up, he's taking a polygraph, which takes about three hours or longer to, to administer a polygraph properly. They don't just give you one test. They give you probably a minimum of three times that you're on the box so they can compare and contrast. But the when I got up there, I went and found the correct suspect. And I went to the detective who was lead in this case and told him, you got the wrong guy in here. This is your suspect. And he's in prison in Abilene on a similar uh, offense. So I go up to get the guy from the polygrapher and she's, I sit down with her. She's telling me her evaluation. And she tells me, I've never seen anyone fail a polygraph in the manner in which he has. And he was telling the truth the entire time. Mm. So I don't have a lot of stock in polygraph exams. And, and I will tell you, and I know a lot of it, it, it depends on the examiner. And I will tell you that I've done polygraphs where people pass them. And I was shocked that they passed them. So it was kind of one of the, you know, the fact that they passed the thing, I went, oh, okay, well, then what they're telling me, my reading of them is correct. So, uh, yeah, the polygraph is, it's kind of voodoo science in my, in my opinion. Well, there you go. Uh, Fleur de Lis, uh, hello, everyone. Look at this. This actually jolted me. It actually jolted me. Just wrote the word nugget. Phil, um, we have to get back to Scott and Adam Montgomery in a moment, but um, do you ever get, uh, I know you're not on the best terms with Nugget's um, biological parent uh, there in, on the Big Island, um, but <laughs> do you ever get a photo or uh, request a photo? Do you stay up to date with Nugget while you're uh, stateside, not on the uh, Not with them, but I do have uh, Confederates there in the area. Mm. who will give me nugget reports. So, okay, excellent. Oof. Yes. Um, I feel relieved. Okay, let's get back to Adam Montgomery here. Of course, uh, he's on trial for the murder of his five-year-old daughter. Uh, Scott Duffy, I'm trying to jolt you into some sort of um, 
feeling of shock, but it appears impossible to do. You have armor on you from uh, you're like an armadillo from all your years at the FBI. You, your your armor cannot be penetrated. Uh, the the prosecutor went on to say this. Of course, we left it off where Adam Montgomery beats his daughter to the point of killing her and goes to Burger King. So he picks up. He says he pulled into that parking lot at Burger King and he ordered his food. He ordered his food and he ate. He didn't stop to check on Harmony. He didn't look back at her. He didn't show any concern for this innocent little girl, the child he had just beaten. He ordered his food and he ate and he didn't stop. And then they say that the he disposed of the body in March 2020 using a rented moving truck. Uh, he believed that there was no body to find. There would be no evidence of what he had done and he would get away with this heinous crime. Scott, I just harp on this because I I I, I can't fathom or understand this um i i cannot wrap my head around this how do you define this person what who is this guy um i know you're not a psychologist but as an investigator um is he just one of these people that is um unrehabilitatable i know that's not a word is he a guy that is just is better off not being here on this earth do you think Oh, that's a lot. There, well, well. So to go back to somebody, and and he's not alone. This is this is, um, you know, we we've seen this time and time again, and this is absolutely not the last that um, somebody, regardless of the somebody, but then add the fact that this is the father. This is a parent, um, and there is supposed to be with that parenting, um, biological or not, adopting what that that there's just this in unimaginable love you know there's no depth there's no measurement it is limitless right and and i can say as i've experienced that with each one and it just grows and it's you you know you try to explain it it's not explainable it's it's tough to tell to somebody who is not a parent it you know, is incomprehensible yes, you have, it is incomprehensible it is, unless you're forced yeah. to take them to bumper cars other than that i'm actually really looking forward to it so then add that to to the fact that um you you kill them you brutalize them you abuse them and there is that at at least from what we're hearing reports this this um this pattern of abuse it's not a one-off it's not a oh my gosh and and then the as the district attorneys are explaining that then this happens. Go to Burger King. There's almost this matter of fact. It, it it didn't matter to me. It doesn't. It was just something. Why didn't I do it before or earlier? It it is so depraved. It it is just as incomprehensible to understand the depth of love a parent has for a child. I would say, as I see it. You know, it's the evidence is there, but then to it is equally unexplainable of just how somebody can do that to 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 any child, but much, much less their child and move move about. So it is it is very difficult to uh, to understand. And and the unfortunate thing is this it's you know, it, it happens again and again. And I will now direct every question to Scott from uh, because of this comment from Elliot Matthew. Why is Joel so obsessed with Phil? (laughs) 
He talks way too much, meaning Phil and myself. I always feel bad for Scott when he's on. When Phil, he sits there silently, silently, and Joel constantly asks Phil questions. I'm going to go home. Don't feel bad for me, Elliot. Don't feel bad. I'm going to go home and take a. Well, you know what? I mean, I'd be curious. This is why Scott says he can't do Fridays anymore. You're getting much better. <laughs> and, and you know we we share equal time. I'd be curious just to go back and look at some of these replays and see how much time Scott talks and how much time I talk and how much time you talk. And I bet it's going to be pretty much the same. I, I think we have to get uh, one of those like uh, you know like Fox Sports where they do uh, like the analytics in real time. I wish I had the uh, money for that software. Um, yeah. By the way, so, the COE's uh, birthday like is Gary coming and you up. Need to quit watching or just get over it. Good grief. Look at this, by the way. Um, This is an odd show that we do on Fridays, but this is our mod, Frankie Figs, and that's her son. Iggy lived over 21 years. Look at this, Frankie. um, It's a beautiful photo. That's exactly what they look like here in Miami. Um, I might have to get, you know, the COE's birthday is on the 19th of February. Someone just said 10 days away. R.I.P. Iggy. But uh, perhaps I will get her an iguana for her birthday. Uh, what does everyone think? Let me know if it's a good idea. Shout out to Frankie Fig's son for this. Um, Scott Tuffy, I have to go back to you now because of my bias towards <laughs> Phil. Um, you're not leaving. Uh, you, by the way, there's no way Scott's leaving us on Fridays. I'm going to figure something out. But it's not because I only speak to Phil, is it, Scott? That's not the reason, is it? I love you guys. Not for oh. a second. Okay. Well, but you're not leaving you're, all Fridays, right? I thought you no. You're going to next Friday. Yeah, yeah, definitely next Friday. But then we'll we'll talk. But about you'll it. you're going to make it work, Scott. Yeah. Where I don't want to pressure you on air, but you're going to make it work, right? I will make it work. Well, all heaven right. forbid if it, if Scott's not there and it's just me, Elliot mm-hmm. will have a freaking aneurysm. So, <laughs> Elliot uh, will have an aneurysm. I think next yeah. week, Phil Waters. I'm going to bring in uh, <laughs> another Phil P H I L named Ramos, who is a uh, was a Las Vegas homicide detective for about the same amount of time as you. And he did undercover uh, narcotics. I think, I, think I've, I think I've been on something with him. Yeah. He's, a he's good an guy. interesting guy. And uh, you guys in a weird way remind me of each other, but he wears two earrings in each ear. Um, you only did that during undercover narcotics days, but he does that modern day. And he's, um he's a bad, he's a bad man, as they say, in a good way. Uh, Scott Duffy. On the first day of his trial, and uh, we'll we'll start to wind this up in a little bit. I've got some sound, though, I want to play. Um, out of nowhere, Adam Montgomery basically came out with what they called a concession, not a plea. Some people were calling it a plea deal, uh, and basically admitted to falsifying physical evidence and abusing a corpse. Um, but again, the defense is pointing the finger at Kayla Montgomery. Was that some sort of defense tactic, you think, to say... Um, you know, I'm guilty, and even the defense said you should find him guilty, but not of murder. Is that is that a defense? Is that gamesmanship here? I mean, obviously, that's where defense is going. I'm trying. I I I have not read a lot of the um, the foundation to this, so I I'm a little more curious as to the. I take it she's not the biological mother. She's a she's his wife or something or she is the estranged she is his estranged wife not the biological mother yeah so you know and they're both in the drug game together so that's that's number one that's their number one love and choice at life and and the child for all intent purposes took a back seat to that 
to that uh, lifestyle. Um, so I, I, I don't know enough, at, but obviously it makes sense for the defense. Hey, put it on, put it on your fellow drug user. And especially if the fellow drug user is the key witness to a lot of the, uh, for example, this Burger King run and whatnot, right? That's, I imagine that's coming from the, uh, the witness or the, uh, the estranged wife. So it, it, it's a, um, it's, it's an argument that, that probably the only argument that he has and, uh, Hey, blame the other one as, and, and it would be interesting to see if there, there is more of a, um, of a group effort here, or is it just somebody who remained quiet and, uh, made no, no concession or to, to, or to step in and intervene. So it's, yes, it's, it's, definitely a defense move and i guess uh, it all depends just how good this person is on the stand to come forward so we'll you know see how it plays out by the way today scott has to leave in 23 minutes and uh, yours truly fred brown our new puppy has his first vet appointment so uh, usually we go a little longer uh but i think this is all a ploy from scott because i've been favoring phil so now i'm paranoid <laughs> and i'm feeling guilty and I will have to call Scott this weekend and uh, talk myself off the ledge uh, and make sure that Scott is okay and not insulted by my obvious bias towards Phil. Little Bit says, I love you, Phil, but I am faithful to Scott. Um, <laughs> this person, this is amazing. Scott, look, look at the doors that could open up for you here at STS. Scott, can you record my voicemail away message? Uh, you're now being asked to do voiceover work. Uh, look at the opportunities coming to you. Uh, from STS. Um, also, a quick programming note. Donna Adelson is back in court on Monday. We're doing live court coverage. We're doing a live show Monday night. We're doing a live show Tuesday night. On our other channel, we've got the Michelle Traconis case going. And then Wednesday, uh, not today, but I'm curious to get these guys take Kane Velasquez, the former UFC heavyweight champion, found out a pedophile was molesting his daughter. He went after him. He shot at him. He shot the wrong guy. Uh, he was out on bond, but he's going uh, to trial. There's a tremendous uh, public outcry for him uh, because his child was molested. It's going to be a very interesting trial. And then Thursday, we're back on uh, Adam Montgomery as this trial continues. So that is a quick look. And next week, I've got some sound here. Let's play. This, I think, is the state. Uh, quick, Two quick bites. And then there's a piece of video that I have specifically saved for the last few minutes it is uh, jaw-dropping, it is disturbing, and it happened right in Miami Beach, and I want to talk to Phil and Scott about it. Uh, it is a cautionary tale that's coming up right after this Adam Montgomery stuff. Here we go. This is the state, I believe. Where is Harmony Montgomery? Where is Harmony? When people across this nation, from Florida all the way up to Alaska, and everywhere in between, we're looking for harmony. There's one person who is not. One person. The one person who should have been looking for harmony was not. Her biological father. It's a strong argument there. Uh, Phil Waters, again, the defendant, not in there. Uh, I'm curious, Phil, what do you think of... Um, um, I, I always look at it because I was a broadcaster. Uh, this guy seems to have an interesting uh, way of uh, 
telling a story, but what was your very first impression right there of hearing him speak? Um, was that a good argument he was making? Does he have a good courtroom presence, do you think? That was the prosecutor, right? Yeah, that was the state. That was the state, correct. Yeah, so uh, that, <clears throat> you know, for a jury, you have to paint them a picture. And he is painting the picture of depravity that this defendant exhibited then uh, and is exhibiting now. And he is putting this puzzle together for them so that when they get into that room to deliberate, they're going to have the full picture of this defendant and why he is guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. So he's covering everything here. And for this guy to posture, I think, by pleading to the, you know, desecration of a corpse or whatever they, and, and tampering with evidence, that kind of thing, uh, what, what is he, he th he's thinking that's going to show that he's uh, being a good guy. So they're, they're doing that because they want, because their argument is, is that it was the wife who the prosecution's using. So they're, all they need to find is one person on that jury to, to get reasonable doubt tossed. And that's what they're trying to do. So I think um, they're, they're making the best play they can given the circumstances that they're under. Hmm. Uh, I'll have a word with the COE about these typos. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis will now be a new catchphrase. Maybe might need a shirt made up, a graphic tee that says rheumatoid arthritis, but I can't uh, make light of um, this case in any way. Peggy Rorden here, playing catch up here. I was an investigator for 20 years and in interviewing perps for kids. We cannot allow our feelings to enter the picture. I called it keeping an edge. We let the feelings out later. That is exactly what uh, America's most respected homicide detective, Phil Waters, said moments ago. But if I don't speak to Scott, I will get more hate mail. Scott, I'm very nervous right now over this. Uh, the defense attorney, Scott Duffy, said Adam is not innocent here. Adam Montgomery, however, did not kill Harmony. Investigators said this is so upsetting that he moved uh, her body for three months. He uh, moved her from a friend's car to a cooler in the hallway of his mother-in-law's apartment to a ceiling vent of a homeless shelter to an apartment freezer. I don't even understand this and kept her then for a while in a tote bag from a hospital maternity ward and then put her into a baby stroller. Uh, Scott Duffy, does any of that stun, shock, surprise, dismay you um it's really 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 disturbing to hear that it, yeah absolutely disturbing dismayed i'm disturbed it's shocking it's sad it's absolutely all the above it's um but he, you know it, it will be interesting to see how the defense yeah you know it's, it's a good way to go he's a bad guy in the sense he's not a great father and often you know this and that but not the killer and um you know because the charge is kill murder so the um he's he's trying to to say hey i'm not trying to paint my my client in this best light like he's not done anything wrong um 
and then of course abuse of a corpse. So he's 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 given everything in the front end and the back end, with the exception of, as we would say, this text bridge. Just jump over the facts and the evil deed there, and and uh, there before, thereafter. So the um, yeah, it, to which further goes to show the depravity of what. How, how somebody can do something to somebody so bad, of course, here an innocent child, and and then to, um, you know, the, 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 the it's uh, just, you know, e- evil is the absolute worst word you can think of. So it is just, you know, this, not a care in the world for this body. Um, and, and to carry that almost as a trophy, as opposed to, we got to get rid of the body, whether you bury the body somewhere or, you know, get rid of the body, get rid of the evidence. So that's, it's, there, there is, there is that depravity that goes when you take this, it's almost like you're just re- you know, just over and over and over again, disrespecting, dishonoring the, mm-hmm. this, this. And the body was, and being. the body was never found. Um, the body was amazing. never found. It's amazing. What the hell? What, what just happened wow. here? I have no What's idea. That? The COE just did this. I don't know what that was. Uh, <laughs> that could be Space Coast messing around. Kind of like that uh, in a weird way. Um, so witnesses started to take the stand. We're going to wrap this part of the uh, story up uh, in a moment. But uh, Harmony's foster mother, a woman named Michelle Raftery, uh, bless her heart in a good way. Uh, she took the stand, obviously did her part um, fostering this mother and by all accounts was doing an amazing job, but had Harmony taken away. And then um, Harmony's biological mother, a woman named Crystal Sori, also took the stand and she said that she was reaching out to Adam for over a year, that she had last seen Harmony in April and tried contacting Adam, like I said, for over a year, but had no success. She described her daughter as a smart little girl who was talkative and friendly um, and said that she originally lost custody of Harmony in 2014 when she was just two months old uh, and admitted that she was a recovering uh, drug addict. And then they reconnected in March um, 2016. This is a piece of sound from the defense. Uh, We'll get these guys take and then we'll move to the final piece of video for today. But Adam Montgomery did not kill Harmony. Adam Montgomery did not beat Harmony in the head as he approached the Burger King drive-thru. Adam Montgomery did not cause Harmony's death. Kayla Montgomery was the last person to see Harmony alive and know how Harmony died. But she didn't come clean with Adam She didn't come clean with the police and she will not come clean with you. Phil Waters, I would be a terrible um, juror because I'm already convicting this guy. I don't care. Uh, I would not be listening to the evidence. That's how I should never be a juror. I'm too emotional. Um, Obviously, the defense ploy here, she's got immunity. She's the state's uh, key witness here. But the defense is saying she just did everything to save herself. Um, How do you how do you. like negotiate that as a juror. How do you really know? Um, how, how, how does one really know? Because there's no body. Well, given the evidence they have uh, and the testimony that they're going to get, this is really the only defense he's got. Blame it on somebody else. 
So I don't, it doesn't surprise me. I think uh, the jury is going to be tasked with looking at the evidence and seeing where the evidence leads. And did the prosecution present a case where they can come back with a verdict, uh, a guilty verdict beyond a reasonable doubt? So um, it's just part of the process. And he is, again, you know, we say this all the time, but he's presumed innocent until he's until he's uh, convicted, if he's convicted. So, um, and he gets to have the uh, the most capable defense that uh, that he can be provided. So, this is this is the way the process works. And again, it's kind of one of these things where. Um, you know, everybody loves sausage, but uh, we don't want to watch it being made. Scott, you ever feel a tinge of guilt for almost loving your dogs as much as your children? I've experienced that. <laughs> Have you ever experienced that, Scott mm. Duffy? Has that ever has that ever entered your mind? It does. It's it does. Okay. I just want to know that um I want to know that I'm not uh out Keep of that the close to the vest. <laughs> I will. I, Rachel Wyatt, he is a monster and guilty. Um, I would have to agree. Okay, so Scott Duffy has to leave in about 10 minutes today, and I I try to honor these guys, especially since I want them back. Um, This next story, by the way, and I prepared like 20 other stories because I always over-prepare, even though sometimes, every once in a while, I get a one-star review saying this host sucks, he's unprepared. It only happened once. I still hate you after you (laughs) are. My mother says to take the high road and be nice. I hate you. Uh, Okay. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. Okay, so uh, Phil and Scott, this is a very disturbing story. This happened yesterday in a CVS that my mother, Carm, goes to to get her prescription medications uh, on 74th Street and Collins Avenue in Miami Beach. I could walk there if I needed to. Uh, This is... A mother and father and their, I think it's a four-year-old child, leaving CVS when a man comes in and tries to abduct the child. Let's watch this and see what these investigators have to say. Okay, it's, uh, there's no audio on this. So, okay, let me just set this up. You'll see it. That's the father now getting this guy in a body lock. But what happens, uh, I hope it replays, it will, um, but, and there's no audio on this, but obviously this is the entrance to the CVS. The father, the mother, the child are walking out when that guy who he's now in a body lock attempts to pick up his child and run out of the store. So let's just watch it again and we'll let it play out. That's the father. That's a little kid in a striped shirt. The mother is somewhere right there and in walks the perp. I don't know why there's no sound on this, but that's a whole other story. Here we go. That is the uh, suspect, 26 years old. You see him there. That's the father in the pinkish shirt. He pulls his sweatshirt off. That is the outside. This is obviously a news report. Uh, oh, it's security cam. There's no audio. I'm going to play this one more time. That's the little kid in the striped shirt. Dad rips off the perps sweater. Uh, this is obviously part of an interview. 
You see it again, boom. Scott Duffy, to you, uh, what are you seeing here? Um, and and the more 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 important thing here is, what if this happened to one of us? But what what are you seeing? Break this down for us here. I'm gonna yeah, keep playing so, it in slow mo. Okay, this one catches me off guard. Some the fact that you have somebody that is willing to do all of that in a flash. I, I gotta believe there's something. You know, let's just look, break this down. There's got to be something of of like some surveillance where is this guy watching them? And then he's like, okay, I got to perfectly size it up. This just really throws me for a loop that he does that inside a store surrounded by people. And uh, and he actually thinks he can get away with it. So um my my wife said, what would I have done if I was alone? He happened to be with the father. He's a pretty big guy right there. Yeah. Um, what I mean, Scott Duffy, is there any advice that you could offer? I mean, someone this is apparently oh, look at this. There are reports on the mom blogs in Miami that he was seen at two local playgrounds that day, too. Um, obviously, a sicko. Yeah. Uh, sick I'm bastard. But what, what do you do, Scott? What would you do? Yeah, I I I would say that 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 father absolutely could have um taken that as far as he needed to take it to and and I'm thinking as as he sees his daughter being saved um that you know it it could have gone a lot further and I think that father would have been totally justified. There's no doubt that that guy was looking to do nothing but the absolute harm to that child that was uh, that was not a that was that in my opinion was uh was going to lead to a deadly encounter scott and, let me ask you if you had your firearm and let's say you weren't the dad let's just say you were there would you have drawn your weapon it's it's tough to say there because there you know i think the father just an instinctively fantastic job just to to grab him um and and you know pummel him mm. to take out my firearm it would be okay I, I i gotta make sure i got a clean shot there's a lot there's a big scuffle going on there so um but but aside from that 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 father i think had had could have taken that as far as it needed to go because that that was in my opinion where he had absolutely no fear of anything obviously being detected to and to in from what i can see that that man would have done the absolute worst to that child and so yeah, and, and i know there's no real force. way to tell but do, you, yeah. do you think that uh do you think he was high on drugs right here because to be that bold uh i would think you'd have to be in a different state of mind yeah i would like i would love to know a little bit of the history of of uh, how many lures attempts etc any sex assaults in his history um you know a 26 year old versus a four-year-old we're not talking about kidnapping of a of a teenage woman young woman or something like we're talking about a four-year-old that's extreme and mm -hmm. um and so ah, gosh it's i i'm i'm not so sure i've 
I've seen this in in any course of anything that I've done where somebody would be willing to do that in a school at, in there as opposed to um you know waiting out doing a little bit of surveillance like like reports of him uh it's also it's uh, yeah someone's asking he was arrested he's at the he's at the same jail that uh donna adelson was at turner guilford knight and i hope this guy rots in there uh phil waters uh by the way a comment from christina jones uh joel you are a very skilled interviewer and you are always prepared yes i am however uh, you do seem to have a blind spot when it comes to your bromance or crush <laughs> on Phil Waters. Maybe I'm guilty. I don't know. He's a, guy's America's most respected homicide detective. I'm a nerdy Jewish kid from New Jersey. Of course, I'm going to have a bromance <laughs> on a homicide detective from Houston. What do you expect of me? Guy's a homicide detective. He's drinking whiskey right now on air, I think. Uh, he drives Ferraris. He, he lives in Hawaii. Of course... You want to be Phil Waters. I mean, that's the guy that you want to be. You got drives Ferraris. I put Magnum PI as a theme song every week. I mean, but I would like to be Scott Duffy too, because Scott's the silent assassin. Scott's the one that in this situation would have pulled out like a red laser on his little sidearm and would have put a bullet between this guy's eyes. And that would have been, uh, in my opinion, a job well done. Uh, Phil, I went on a little rampage. Phil, what are you seeing here? Have you ever seen something this bold, the middle of the day, the absolute middle of the day, and this guy comes and tries to abduct this little kid when the dad jumps in? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is nothing terribly unusual in terms of what I've seen. But my question is here is what's the motivation? I mean, do we know why this, why this turd? Went in there and tried to snatch this kid? We don't know. But, Phil, let me ask you, because this is where my bromance grows. Let's say you're not the father, but let's say uh, Detective Phil Waters is on vacation in Miami Beach, and he's at CVS buying uh, SPF 98 for the beach, and uh, you're walking out at the exact same time. What are you doing here, Phil Waters? If I'm walking into what's happening here? Yes, correct. Well, I tell you what, it's going to be a, uh, if you don't see the beginning of this thing, you don't know who the players are and what their part is in this. So, you know, you could walk in the middle of it and see just the two guys struggling with each other. And then it would be a matter of trying to split them up. Um, I'm sure someone would say, you know, he tried to snap, you know, the guy's going to, I mean, this dude here, the dad, that's a big, that's a big pork chop eating guy. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that guy walked in there and tried to pull that stunt. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, I would be so shocked because it's like you, you would never expect it. I mean, this is a horrible question, uh, Phil, but when you're at a public place and you've got a young child, should you expect something like this could happen? Well, I don't, I don't think you expect it, but I think, I think. Parents need to be aware of where their kids are at all times. Um, so that means going to the bathroom, depending on their age, of course. If you've got a couple of kids, send them together. I mean, you know, you've got to you've got to keep an eye out for your kids. And uh, I, I tell you what, I used to work the livestock show and rodeo here in Houston. 
and I was posted up in an area where a lot of traffic right by NRG Stadium and and where uh, the carnival was and that kind of thing and and a lot of kids and I tell you what I don't know how many parents I had come up to me and you know I've lost my kid I mean you hear it all on the radio all night long lost child mm. lost child lost child and then we had a protocol of course we would immediately put it out in the air what they looked like so forth and so on but I was always amazed at the parents that come up you lose your kid I mean it, and it doesn't take much. I mean, you, especially in that kind of a setting, you can turn around and turn back around and they're gone. Uh, now, Phil, I saw let me, let me, real inventive where they had them all looped together. You know, in, in Brother Where oh, Brother Where Art Thou, you remember at the end of the movie where, he, where he's got uh, the, the kids are all looped together on a, little, on a little leash. All the little girls are all, you know, looped together. And mm. I saw somebody do that, which was pretty funny. They had like four or five kids. And they had little leashes on them, and of course the parent had the had the lead, so they knew if something got pulled that they turn around and look. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a full time job though, man. I mean, you, you, you never know what uh, like this can happen. I mean, who would have thought they went to CVS? Uh, look at this. The uh, the uh, the COE says she could be wrong, but I don't think the suspect knew that the dad was with the woman and child. So maybe he wasn't expecting. Well, he that. probably he probably didn't. But I mean, the fact that he's going in there and there's another male adult right there. It, it really, to me, it's kind of like, really, dude, you walk in there and there's this pork chop eating dude standing behind him. And you're gonna go ahead and grab the kid anyway, unless he was just so focused on the kid that he didn't he, he didn't even see it. Um, but I'm, I'm Phil. I got Phil. I got to ask if let, now. Let me change dynamic. Let's say you are the father, and this was 30 years ago. Uh, would this guy have been staring down the barrel of your 45, Phil? Well, I'm kind of like Scott. You know, you you're gonna do what you can do at the moment in time. I think right here. I mean getting my hands on the freaking guy and uh he's gonna he's gonna be brought under control mm. so um you know whether a gun gets into it or not uh, the first thing here is is you've got to get the guy under control so, scott duffy let me ask you the same question so i'm not accused of bromancing phil um <laughs> let's say you were the father and this happened 20 years ago um what would your instinct have been scott duffy I mean, it'd be immediately like that, that dad. And, um, I, I probably would keep going. I, I don't think I would have pulled back, but, but, but dad here did what mm. he did. He realized, hold on know, a second. What does that mean? You would have kept going. You would not have pulled back. You would have pummeled this guy into oblivion. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I think, I think at that point I would, I would, uh, mm. it wouldn't end. It wouldn't end until I, determine this That's guy's when this, this guy's going to be moving on so you're you're now caught between a dad but also as a as a law enforcement officer it's like hey this guy just did exactly the worst thing that could possibly be done and uh so i i, I couldn't let him go and um knowing that okay my wife and child are are inside and safe hey i got a job to do now so um it would <laughs> well i don't know about scott but i always carry my handcuffs I mean, yeah. that would be the goal yeah. is, to, is to get this guy. I mean, he's going to take some shots. Yeah. You know, whatever you got to do to get him under control, then get him in, 
getting uh, handcuffed. Um, Phil, you still carry your cuffs with you? You were talking sure. about cuffs last week. Yeah, really? I told the story about losing my handcuffs last week. Yeah, you know, that, you that long story that Vita was so quick to point out. Yes, yeah, 100%. Uh, look at Andy's school. My two older sons used to watch Phil with me when he was on his show. Between Phil and Pet from U.S. Marshall's reality show, my boys planned them. Look at this, Phil. You were uh, already inspiring another generation of law enforcement. You didn't even know it. Their defense attorney father wasn't happy. We love Phil. You were inspiring young men by being on a show, Phil Waters. Uh, God, this has been a yeah. God bless them if they want to get into this mess today. Mm. Um, it's been a heavy, horrible show, and Scott has to go. But wait, what'd you do, COE? What's going on here? Uh, oh, I just wanted to play this one last time. Here we go. Here is a problem you will only encounter in Miami. Ethel the boxer, and then. <laughs> What happened? One iguana, two iguana, underneath. Are you seeing it? I'm not water. seeing it. Oh boy! It was on there for a it second. It was going in. This is going to be something that we have. I've never seen this before. This is happening live on our cell phone. One iguana going one way. The other iguana appears to be paralyzed in this corner, not moving. The other one coming this way. Will Ethel be attacked by iguanas? Only in Miami would this ever happen. Ethel dove in unexpectedly, live, while filming this. Unbelievable action here. Unbelievable action. The two iguanas not moving. They realize that the dog, Ethel, cannot get to the bottom of the pool. Ethel, will you attempt to get back in there? Will you attempt to get back in there, Ethel? The battle of the iguanas in Miami continues live here from Miami Beach. Look at these guys. Look at the cojones on them. Unbelievable. What action. You going back in, Ethel? Amazing. Awesome. Amazing. Um, Scott Duffy, uh, let's go. Let's start with Phil. I'm going to respect Scott and have him have the last word today. Phil, after all the um, accusations that I treat you preferentially, um, your final thoughts today, Phil Waters. Well, I'm just happy to be here. Mm. And uh, it brings me such joy every Friday to commiserate with the two of you. And um, it's a good way to start the weekend for me. And uh, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the STS Nation even though we've got these people that are getting their panties in a wad about who's talking, <laughs> you know, but that's fine. That's okay. At least they're watching. So there you go. So, uh, yeah, but everybody have a, have a great uh, and joyous uh, weekend. Yeah. By the way, I haven't even told Phil and Scott on about this, but I'm uh, quietly working somehow to get this show. And I will talk to Phil and Scott about this on an actual TV channel. Uh, that's more to come. It's going to take a while, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, look at this. Just thinking you may want to celebrate STS. We're almost at 100,000 with a calendar. The men of STS in the merch store. Uh, Phil and Scott, you willing to show your 12-pack uh, abs? Scott, would you show your 12-pack abs for uh, the calendar, the men of STS? <laughs> I think that's that, a no. Um, it, yeah. Hmm. 
Hmm. We'll leave it at that. Scott, that, your final word today. Shirtless? Is that the... <laughs> Well, we'll see. I mean, that's uh, they're clamoring for your abs, uh, Scott. I can only I can only relay what they are clamoring for. Um, By the way, Lorna McKenzie says I was never a sports commentator. However, um, I did audition for the UFC. I had two weeks notice. And let me tell you something. Play by play is a real skill. I studied uh, for two weeks with a um, guy named Bruce Beck. If you Google him, he does the Olympics. He's a big time New York City sports anchor. And I almost got the job, but I didn't. And I'm still bitter and angry that I didn't. But the COE says I would have then hated uh, the UFC because I would have had to do it as a job. Uh, love you, Phil and Scott. It says it all. Scott, your final words. You get the final word today. Oh, so absolutely. I I love being out with you two guys. I I have absolutely no issues and don't think for a second that I have any any less time. So um <laughs> I I would agree with Phil. I think if you go back, there's a nice um, even keel. So this is fantastic. I love it. I'm glad people are watching. I'm glad people are, you know, providing all their opinions one way or another, good or bad. It's all it's all good. It is. Have and that's why weekend. we yeah. love you, America. Love you, Gambia and Uganda, who were in the chat this past week. And of course, uh, the Republic of Ireland, Canada, the UK in every single place uh, that I've forgotten, which is a lot. Uh, whatever that comment was, it said this will get him going. But uh, see you Monday, everybody. Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, Get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force powering Allbirds, Rothies, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks.